This is God's word for me today. If you can find Colossians chapter 3, um, I want to talk a little bit about our work matters to God. You know, it's Labor Day weekend. I read a lot of things this week, different opinions and views on the, the holiday, Labor Day holiday. I got to admit, I was a little surprised at some of the comments that I that I read and, and even from, uh, you know, from some pastors and that kind of stuff. Um, a lot of things, just everybody's got their own opinion on different things, right? And that's okay. That's okay. So I have my opinion on things too. I understand that. My opinion's probably not the same as yours on on everything. Um, but I do want to talk a little bit about about what we do in life and realizing that everything that we do matters to God. Doesn't, it doesn't matter uh, what day it is. Everything we do matters to God. So uh, this scripture, Colossians chapter 3, begins verse 18. And I know you're going to say, well, what's that have to, first part have to do with work? I don't, it, not really anything, but I just like it, so I'm going to put it, keep it in there. Uh, <clears throat> Colossians chapter 3. Verses 18 through 24, wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. And before you wives start throwing things, it's husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents no matter how old you are in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. Okay. Bond servants, obey in everything those who are your earthly masters. And be not, and not by way of eye service as people pleasers, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as the reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for your word. It's awesome. It's powerful. It's liberating. God, I pray this morning that we would just discover your great love for us and, and your plan and your purpose as we live out our lives, even as we go to work and even as we do the things in life. God, help us to understand your hand on us. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Pastor Jared this morning said, Dad, as I was thinking about your title of your sermon he said something that came to my mind was that I've, he said, I've never had or I've never worked for a bad boss. I've had bought bad bosses, but I work for God. It's an, it's, it's an attitude. Yeah, we work for people or we work, people are our boss here on this earth. But ultimately, as the scripture says, um, whatever you do, work heartily is for the Lord and not for men. It's a perspective of putting uh, in our mind who it is that is completely and eternally in charge. And and I just want to say this morning, as we talk about this, I I never discount uh, those who are stay-at-home moms, uh, because believe me, I know how tough your job is. Uh, My wife was a stay-at-home mom for 15 years, um, and I know how tough that is. If you're retired, uh, you know, th- thank God that you were able to get to that point in your life. Amen? Um, and so what you do still matters. Everything that we do still matters. We talk about everybody's daily routine's a lo- routine is a little different. Your drive time, uh, you know, uh, 
Debbie's drive time is minimal, right? Uh, but then we know people that drive Quincy or Burlington or other places that, that drive to work every day. And so uh, when you figure all that in, talking about average, you know, and it says the average American works about 50 hours a week. And when then when you add in your drive time, you add in getting ready for work, you know, uh, um, I, I, some people get up a half an hour before they got to be at work uh, and they jump in their clothes and they jump out the door. Um, I can't do that. I, I get up an hour and a half before I go to work. I do my morning devotions. I do, and, and I, I don't like to just jump out of bed and go somewhere. Okay, I like to kind of get around and and get going. Uh, but, but that's me. Everybody's different. Everybody. Has, but when you think about your work day, not only do you have your eight or ten hours a day that you work, you've got your commute, and then you got that getting ready and getting unready when you get home, you know? And again, that routine is different for some. Some people, they come home, they just want to... Oh. Some people, they come home and they, want, they got work to do and they want to get that done before they relax. So, but, but you've got... It, it's a lot more than just, you know, you think, well, I work eight hours a day. No, there's a whole lot more to it than that. There's a whole lot more time that is involved in that. Um, so many of us, obviously, you're spending more of your waking hours wrapped up in work than you are in any other thing. Um, unless you don't sleep, I guess, at night or during the day, whatever your job entails. Unless you don't sleep, you're spending more time involved in work than you do in anything else in life. And so we think about, we think about the, the fact that if, I always say, if I want to eat, I've got to work, right? I've got to do something to earn my right to eat. So I'm, I, I got to work. Um, and in our society as a whole, in general, we place a lot of emphasis on work, don't we? I know I beat it into my kid's head from a very young age. You're going to have to work. You're going to have to do something. You got to, you know, you got chores at home and then you got, you know, things at school and then you get old enough, you got to get a job. You're not going to have a car and insurance and gas unless you've got money to pay for it because it doesn't all come out of dad's pocket. And, and so, huh? Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. My daughters-in-law and my son-in-law, you know, it, it, you got to teach that people it's important. And, and I think, I think as, as, you know, as parents, that's part of our responsibility is to teach our kids they have to earn something in life. Um, but, but all that has a purpose. Well, I didn't just tell my kids they, they needed to work just because I wanted them out of the house. or I, No, because life goes on after you get to a certain age. You know, you know 18, you know, it goes on. You know, you got other things happening. You got to learn that you got you to go about life working. Um, then there's, you know, we talk about that and we talk about discontent and we talk about all those things in life. And I believe... I believe there's different aspects of that. Some of it is discontent just because we're people of discontent. And sometimes it's God stirring in us to do something different. Um, I've known a lot of people that could, could, wouldn't have been happy at their job if you gave them a million dollars and said, you don't have to do nothing, they'd still find something to complain about. And I've known others that, that just, they're doing the dirtiest, ugliest, nastiest job there is and they just got a grin on their face and they just think man this is the greatest thing that ever happened i got a job you know and so 
it, it's a perspective in life that we can have that no matter what our situation seems to be, um, not that we can't want better, not that we aren't looking for better, but it's a, it's a principle in life sometimes that we just let God bring us a, a peace about where we're at. Uh, again, not that we shouldn't, we shouldn't look around. I'm not, you know, um, but many a times we're just discontent because we're just discontent. You know, it's not because God is stirring us for something different. Um, and so many people that you talk to, if you, if you took a poll today in this church, even ask how many people were happy with their job, who knows where it would land, you know? Uh, but unfortunately, when you talk to people in the world, when you talk to them about their job, how many times do you get positive responses? And how many times do you get negative responses? What comes up first when you ask somebody how their job's going? Well, this, this, and this, and this. Well, but there is this one good spot, you know. Um, and, and again, part of that is our attitude. Part of that is, is, is the mindset that we have as we do our jobs. And uh, so we think, well, what does the Bible have to say? What Does God really care about what happens between 7 and 3.30 or whatever your hours might be? Uh, does God really care about what happens? I, be, I believe He does. I believe God under, not only understands what work is all about, but that He cares about what we do. In Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, it says, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day God finished His work that He had done. Now listen, God did it, and He rested on the seventh day from all His work, that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. So we see God is an active God, right? God is a God who, when he created the earth, he created such intricate things. When he created the soil, he created so many different things. When he created the trees, he created, he created them so unique. When he created you, yeah, you're all unique, I know. But when he created each one of you, he created something so unique and so wonderful and so beautiful. And sometimes we don't think about our work in such a way that we're, we're actually doing something that, that's needed something that's special. And I don't care what your job is. It's important to God that you do your very best. Um, so when God chose who to raise Jesus, who did he choose? A working man. Joseph was a carpenter, a man who worked with his hands. Now, don't expect me to build something, you know, um, because I, I don't know anything about square and round and, and but but what I do I can do. And that's God looked down on the earth and he's you know he, he chose Joseph to be the husband of Mary, who was the mother of Jesus, knowing that Joseph would raise Jesus with a work ethic. And I believe that as we 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 read about Jesus that Jesus had a work ethic that was instilled in him and uh, and and that he he did. And so it's another, another lesson for us to learn uh, that God places a value 
on work. In one place, um, when Jesus was going around and, and he was teaching and preaching, and those who knew him and his family were a little bit amazed. Matthew chapter 13, 50, verse 55, they begin to question, Is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary? Are not his brothers James and Joseph and Simon and Judas? So they're questioning, well, how can this man be special? He's just a working man. He's just somebody that hits the bricks in the morning and, and, and then he comes home at night. You know, he's just like you, he's just like you and me. He ain't nothing special. See, we all have our place. And God has a special place above and beyond what we do in this life, uh, what work that we do to use us for His honor and for His glory. 1 Thessalonians 4.11 says this, And to aspire to live quietly, and to mind your own affairs, and to work with your hands as we instructed you. So here, the Apostle Paul is saying, listen, as Christians, now he's talking to the church, remember, the Apostle Paul was right. When he wrote letters, he wrote them to the church. He says, listen, you know, you should live quietly. Mind your own business and work with your hands. Work. Put, your, put yourself and do what you need to do in life uh, to, to live and to earn and to, and to provide. So our work matters to God, and he understands the pressures that we often face. See, sometimes we get this mindset that God is way up there and he doesn't really care what's happening way down here. There's a lot of theologies out there that would tell you that even that God created the world and then he just kind of stepped away from it. But I believe God cares and God understands that we are facing pressures in our jobs and in our circumstances of life. We're, we're facing financial pressures. We're facing pressures from, from people around us who expect this or they expect that. We're, we're experiencing pressures from our family because they need this and they need that. And, and we're experiencing pressure from our own self because on top of what we need, we want this and we want that. And all those things are pressures. And God knows and God understands that we have pressures in, in life that we face. And so God wants us to understand that our jobs should not be our number one priority. I've struggled, not really struggled, but, but over the course of the last couple of years, we've, well, the last several years, we've been working, working a lot of overtime. And God kind of, and, and, and I'm fortunate that I can say no sometimes to the overtime. And God checked me here last year and he says, are you, are you working that overtime because you need to or just because you're greedy? And I thought, hmm. And there are times I work it because I need to or they need my help or whatever. But I've just been very liberated in the last few months by just saying, I'm not working Saturday. Because God said, if you say yes, you're saying that few hours of overtime is worth more than what I wanted you to do on that day. And, and again, I'm fortunate I can say no. Some, some places can't. I understand that. But for me personally, in that situation, God showed me that many times I was just, now when a storm comes through and blows somebody's lines down, I'm going to work. Not because I'm greedy, but because I'm needed, okay? Uh, but there are times when I can say no, and God has shown me that 
if I say yes, I'm only doing it because I'm greedy. And that's hard. You know, that's a conversa- hard conversation for, for you to have with God because, you know, I think, well, that'd be that much more I could either buy something or put in the bank, one or the other. God says, if you do that, you're being greedy and don't be greedy. And that's not, I'm talking about this guy, okay? And so I realize that in all the things that are put on us, all the pressures put on us, uh, sometimes we put those pressures on because I want more. Sometimes it's not that way. But for me, it was like, oh, I could have more. And God just kind of checked me with that. So our priorities should be first is what? Now, come on. What's our first priority? God. If we can truly understand that and get that, it is so liberating in so many other areas. But that's hard sometimes. It is. I'm not, I'm not going to stand up here and say, oh, well, this is so easy. Here, this is the easiest thing you're ever going to do. Just put God first in everything. But what I am going to tell you is when we learn that principle and when we can do that, it is liberating. When we realize that, that God, if I put you first, you're going to help me with all this. That doesn't mean all the pressures are going to disappear. But what it means is when I put God first, He is going to be actively involved in 2, 3, 4, 5, and 6. When I put God in first over my family, which is second, God is going to help me to be a better father, a better husband, a a better provider, a better be there kind of guy. He's going to give me what I need when I when I truly can put him first and say, God, you know, I put you first. You're going to have to help me with this family. You're going to have to help me to spend the kind of time I should with them. And then as the list goes on and on, there are different priorities. And we just need to learn that our jobs should not be Number one, money is important. I'm not stupid. I got to pay my bills. My electricity would get shut off just like the next guy if I stopped paying the electric company, you know? Um, I got to pay my bills, but it's all based on trusting God and doing what God has called me to do. Uh, there's a, And I'm not big on surveys, but these came up in, in some of my, when I was looking at some stuff, and a survey of 300 7th and 8th grade boys showed some tragic facts. The boys were to keep accurate records on how much time their fathers actually spent with them over a two-week period. Most saw their father only at the dinner table. A number never saw their father for days at a time. The average father and son were alone together for an entire week was seven and a half minutes. Seven and a half minutes. And that's based on fathers, but the same is true with mothers. I, mothers are busy too. It's, it's hard. I, I realize that. Uh, but it's so important that we as Christians realize as soon as God is put first, we put our families in there, and we, God is going to help us to do what is right for our families. Now, and sometimes we see so many other things that need done. And... We see that maybe the dishes haven't gotten done. We see that maybe all the laundry's not folded. We see that maybe this needs done or that needs done. And many times those things even get put ahead of what's right in front of us, longing for our attention the most. Um, Whatever it is, 
whatever it is, God wants to help us to realize what we need. This is a, this is a story that I came across. Um, there was a Dr. Bob Pierce. He's the founder of World Vision, which is a worldwide evangelist and mission. He's a worldwide evangelist and missionary. He spent much of his life founding orphanages in Korea, rescuing children from death and starvation. He tells of an incident that occurred one Christmas Eve when he was in Stockholm traveling with the Korean children's choir. Now listen to this. He made a call home and talked to all the members of his family, wishing them a Merry Christmas. Finally, the youngest child got on the phone. Oh, Daddy, she said, I wish I was an orphan so I could be with you on Christmas Eve. You see, we oftentimes even don't think in our work for the Lord. We forget even in our work for the Lord that sometimes we put our work ahead of our families. And it ha- coming from my perspective as a pastor, it happens in ministry many times. You go above and beyond your call, what God has called you to do, and you, you forget about and neglect the ones who need you. So all these things are, are just things that we can think about as we, as we try to prioritize what God wants us to do. You see, the Apostle Paul, as we read in Scripture, he was a tent maker. That's how he could afford to be a preacher. He was a tent maker. He worked hard as he traveled around and, 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 and made tents. He realized that everything he did mattered to God. And I think that's important for us to understand. Everything we do really does matter to God. And that job or that, that, that thing that brings us the money in is not really our life's work. It's what God has given us to help us to accomplish our life's work, which is to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. You see, the Apostle Paul, once he, once he had his Damascus Road experience, he realized that all of his wealth, all of his knowledge, all of his prestige that he had before Damascus Road. You see, he was an up-and-coming star. He was going to rise to the top. He might have made to the very top and been the high priest someday. He was on the road to being somebody big in man's eyes. But what he learned on the road to Damascus was, it's not about what man sees. It's not about what man wants. <laughs> it's about putting everything behind what God wants. Laying aside all of what man sees in you and trusting what God sees in you. And when he did that, when he made that decision, he had to continue to work. He had to continue to do something to earn a living. But what he, what he realized is that wasn't what made him. That wasn't who he really was. That was just what he had to do to be what God had called him to be. And I think in our own lives, as we, as we go through life, we sometimes lose sight of who God has called us to be in all the mess that we're trying to do here in life. If I could just get one more thing done before I go to bed, I'm already wore out, but if I could just do one more thing, so I could wake up tomorrow even more tired than I am now. Instead of saying, you know what? This load of laundry can wait. Or, you know what? I can, I can fix that thing out in the garage another day. 
or next year or later. <laughs> yeah, I, and, 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 but sometimes it's just the mindset that, oh, can I really leave that that way? But there are things that need dealt with and things that need taken care of that are important in life. And many times we, we overlook those because, because we're, we're stuck in human mode. And we forget there's something so much bigger in, in, in our life's work than our work in life. And so, and, and that statement that Pastor Jared gave me this morning just fit so well is realizing that, that even though we have people we answer to, to here in this life, realizing that ultimately we work for our Heavenly Father. The Apostle Paul and, and, and the, the, uh, the other disciples, uh, if you remember, <coughs> after they were preaching and they got arrested and they got, they got whooped, they got beat, and they stood before the council and the council says, now don't you go talking about Jesus anymore. They said, you determine what's right, but as for us, we're going to obey God rather than man. You determine what's right for you, but what's right for us is that we're going to obey God. And so as we go through life, we have to, we have to realize that, that God cares about our jobs. He cares about, he cares about how hard we work. And it doesn't matter what the physicality of your job is. He, he expects it when you've got a job you work hard at. You do your very best at it. Knowing that he's in, he is the overseer of it all, and that you really work for him. And when you do your very best for him, it's going to be your very best at your job location. It's going to be your very best at church. It's going to be your very best in your home. It's going to be your very best. Give him your very best. Work for him. Work for him because you know that there is an eternal reward. And Pastor Jared talked about it this morning during worship of spending eternity with him. When we work down here in this life, we, we have to realize that everything that we do matters to God. The most important thing about it is that when we do those things, we bring honor and glory to Him. I ask you, if you're a Christian, you tell everybody you're a Christian, you say you're a Christian, and you go to work and you're the biggest slacker there, what kind of opinion or view does that give of Christians? To the other people. Yeah, well, I guess you can't hire any Christians because you can't get any work out of them. They should look at the Christians and say, man, we need to hire some more Christians because those dudes will work as hard as they can. Serious, I'm serious. That, that should be the way we live. We should be the very best parents we can be because we're Christian, because we serve God. Not because some people will look at us and say that, but because we know God is looking at us. I was listening, I think my wife was listening to uh, Christian TV and man, that thought came in and went right out before I could even spit it out, so we'll go on. It was something good though. Man, it came in real quick. Yeah, it came in real quick and went right out, so we'll keep on going. Um, another story, once there lived a very religious man who lived in Glasgow, Scotland. He taught Sunday school, preached in outdoor meetings, and served the church in many other ways. 
He was a baker by trade. One day on a train, he was confronted by a zealous lady passenger who asked him if he was a Christian. When he replied in the affirmative, she asked him what work he did for the master. I bake, he said. Oh, I did not ask you your trade, but what service do you give to him who redeemed you? Madam, I bake. She was a bit put off, but persisted. I mean, how are you seeking to glorify Christ and spread his gospel? Again, his only reply was, I bake. Whatever you do, do for the honor and glory of God. So that when people see you, they know that you you have a higher perspective and a higher calling than just what you do here on this life. And if you're retired, we got some beautiful retired people up here. We got and be retired for the Lord. Show forth in, in everything that you do that you serve God more than man. That you are truly a Christian. God has blessed you and helped you to be where you are today. John Sebastian Bach wrote many beautiful pieces of music. At the top of every one, he wrote the words, To God, to the glory of God. I like that because that's, that's how our, everything we do in life should read. To the glory of God. I go to work, to the glory of God. I come home to my family, to the glory of God. I go to church, to the glory of God. I work in the church to the glory of God. Not so that man will see, not so that man will pat me on the back, not so that man will will give me a raise, not so that man will will do this or do that, but so to the glory of God. And ultimately, when God takes notice, it doesn't matter who else does because we're not spending eternity with those people unless they're saved, but we're not going to spend eternity worshiping those people. We're going to spend eternity worshiping God to the glory of God. So this week, as you go back to work, remember you're going back to work to the glory of God. This week, if you're a stay-at-home, be a stay-at-home to the glory of God. If you're retired, be retired to the glory of God. Everything that we do to the glory of God. And if we can remember that, maybe we can go back to work on Tuesday just a little bit happier to be there to the glory of God. Just a little bit less stressed to the glory of God. Just a little bit less wanting to punch our coworker in the nose <laughs> to the glory of God. <laughs> Sometimes it, it takes all the glory of God in us to get through, be honest, It takes all the glory of God we can muster up to get through some of those days. But just keep thinking, listen, what I'm doing today, I'm doing to the glory of God. Every piece of mail I throw in the mailbox to the glory of God. Every time I make a customer mad when I tell them I'm going to have to turn their power off to the glory of God. That's not a nice job. It ain't fun to do sometimes. But we got to do what God has called us to do and realize that He cares about every minute from the time we wake up till the time we close our eyes and everything in between to God, to the glory of God. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, I thank You for those who have chosen and made the choice to be in Your house this morning because, God, I believe that You wanted to speak these words over them that everything they do is to your glory. 
And so, Lord God, as we go out this week, as we after we celebrate, maybe get a, maybe some get a couple days off, some don't. Some even have to work to the glory of God. Lord, may our attitudes and our thoughts be such that we realize it's for your honor and for your glory. And so, God, we we thank you for that, and we approach everything that we do this week to the glory of God, and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Have a great weekend.